0: Well, thank you, Pastor Chris, and uh, thank you guys. We get some sound going here, I think, in a few minutes, hopefully. Uh, It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you. What an awesome baptismal service. And uh, happy birthday to that uh, lady being baptized on her birthday. What a wonderful thing celebrating two birthdates. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so grateful. To be here, um, I'm glad that I'm able to attend church here. Do you know how rare it is for someone to retire from a church and not be required to pack up and clear out? That's rare. And so Pastor Chris and I have had this awesome relationship through the years. And uh, he has so generously allowed uh, Linda and me to stay and uh, be able to worship with people that we love and uh, just to enjoy watching what God is doing through Pastor Chris as he leads the church on uh, to higher levels and into an awesome future. And so it is a real privilege for me to be here uh, today and um, just to... Just to attend. I love Pastor Chris's preaching. And uh, I know you wish he were here as well. Uh, he's been hitting it out, out of the park, hasn't he? I mean, he's been nailing it. And so if you'll, yeah. <laughs> so if you'll cut me a little bit of slack, if I could just make it to first base or just get on base. Walk me. I don't care. Hit me with a pitch, just so I can get the first base. I don't want to strike out. Anything besides that, possible. So I don't know what I am. I, I supposedly am pastor emeritus, and after four years, we still have yet to figure out what that is. Um, so I think what that means is, uh, don't go to any board meetings. Stay clear. So that's no problem. And uh, I, I think. Just figure out what you'd like to do and do it. If you don't want to do something, just don't. And uh, so I kind of like that. I, I enjoy retirement, and I just love being here uh, to, um, to worship with you. And I love the atmosphere in this church. That's um, special. I, I think it's really special. And... Um, Linda and I, on occasion, are included in some of the staff activities, and uh, that's always a real privilege. And uh, by the way, uh, Linda is my wife over here, (laughs) AKA Sister Honey. That's what she was called when we first came. Um, And she was a former first lady of this church. And now she's the first lady of my heart. And uh, the only lady. (laughs) (laughs) So we were privileged to, back in November, to go with the staff. We were invited to go with the staff on retreat uh, down in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And um, it was a great time. um, This off season uh, during the pandemic, Rates were extremely good for this huge house. And so there was room for us. And so we we got to go and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I even had a birthday celebration while I was there. And um, that that was fun. But on one of the particularly nice days, uh, some of the guys went out to the beach and were fishing. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go check and and see how they're doing. hoping they were doing better than they started out because the first few days, there's a, 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 a lady that was beating the men and catching fish. And uh, so I wanted to see how they were doing that particular day. So I went out. On my way out, I caught up to little Hannah, uh, who was making her way out to the beach, to uh, see her daddy fishing. Well, she was unlatching. There was like three gates. And so she uh, was unlatching them herself. She insisted on that. And so she did the first one, and we walked along. And walking by the pool, uh, she looked up at me, and she said, you're old, aren't you? (laughs) I said, well, why would you say that? She said, because you are. (laughs) So I felt like picking the cuteness up and pitching her in the pool, (laughs) but I didn't. But After a while, we made our way back uh, to the room. And so again, she was working on those gates and I figured, okay, the last gate is you stand on the one step and the gate is like on the next step. And I thought, there's no way that she's going to get that open. And so we got close to the gate and I said, um, so you want the old dude to help you? Nope. <laughs> and I don't know how, but she took a couple of her bare toes and got those in the, in the gate and pushed herself up and, and hoisted herself up enough to unlock the gate and then just march her sweet little independent self up the steps and <laughs> on in. But... All of that to say today that you got the old dude preaching to you, all right? So make the best of it if we can. We're in this series entitled Empowered. Pastor Chris introduced it a couple of weeks ago uh, by reminding us how the Spirit empowers us to overcome sin. Thank God, because in our own selves we cannot. And then he talked last week in an excellent message on the, how the Spirit directs our steps. Now today he's asked that I cover the subject empowered to pray. And so I'm excited about that. Let's, let's uh, dive into that. So if you don't mind, would you stand with me reading, reading the scriptures from Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 28. all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Father, we bless you today and we thank you for the privilege to be in your house and to worship together and to lift up your name and song and praise. Thank you, God, for this awesome service of baptisms. We pray for each one that your hand, Lord, would be upon them from, from their commitment to you on through their lives. Just guide and direct and bless them We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is here today to minister to our hearts in every area of our need. And we surrender to him. And we thank you for this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Turn this, just greet somebody before you're seated. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Empowered to pray. Prayer is this incredible gift that we have, the amazing privilege to communicate with the God of the universe, the one who created it all, then created us to live in it with the intent that we would enter into a relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? God gives us a means of interacting with him. And that is prayer. Now to me, it's practically inconceivable that um, we have the privilege to express ourselves to an omnipotent God. And yet, he makes a way possible and invites us to fellowship with him and to commune with him in prayer. And so, we can come to God with our needs, our desires, We can express to him our praise, our adoration, our worship. Uh, We can ask for and receive forgiveness of sins. We can just throw up a a prayer to him, say, God, I just need your help right now. And uh, God gives us that privilege to, to talk to him. It is the means by which we cultivate our relationship with God. Now I want you to think about your prayer time, your prayer life today. Do you, how often do you pray? How long do you pray? Those are generally the things when you think about prayers, how often and how long. I would say most of us would say, no, we don't pray often enough, we don't pray long enough. Well, I want to, I want to address that in just a moment, but thinking about how we pray, uh, some of you no doubt are more formal and regimented in your prayer time. So I can envision you having a specific time of day that you set aside to pray, and in a particular place where you kneel or whatever, and probably a set order in which you offer your prayers to God. And then there are others of you who, and maybe more, who are casual and random in your approach to prayer. And uh, so you just pray throughout the day. And you frequently offer up prayers to God as a particular need arises, as you're going through the day. Or maybe you feel like you just need to talk to your Heavenly Father. And so that's an awesome desire to do that. Uh, Maybe you just want to lift up that heartfelt praise and, and gratitude for what God has done for you. Or maybe it's just breathing up a prayer for guidance and say, God, lead me today through this choice or decision I have to make. And so it's kind of an open-ended prayer, if you will. And so all day long, you you, you just pray to God and when need arises, you you just throw that prayer up to him. So which is the correct approach? Should it be a regimented time or should it just be an open-ended random time? Which is correct. Well, actually both. Or either. But the primary thing is that we take the opportunity to lift up to God prayer. And express our hearts to him and commune with our awesome God. Well, Paul indicates in our text that that we don't always have it all together when we go to God in prayer. Now, you're not listening to the expert because I'm not an expert in the subject of prayer. But uh, Paul says that we all have weaknesses when it comes to our prayer time. Now, there are some days, perhaps, when, when prayer just seems so easy. It's a, it's a joyful thing. And so it, it just comes naturally to you. But I found that those days normally correlate with days in which everything's going really well. Good day. Life's good. Wife's happy. Kids for once are being well behaved. Dog behaving himself. So on those good days, maybe prayer just comes and it flows. But not every day is a stellar day. There are some days that we would like to just eliminate from the calendar. Can we just skip that day? Just wipe it out. So we have bad days. And um, on those bad days, it's hard to maintain spiritual disciplines. You ever have a bad day? I read about this Texas minister who was scheduled to speak at an all day conference from Texas, so it's not anybody around here that you know. He was running late before he even started. Because his alarm clock didn't go off. And so he woke up, realized he was late, rushed around to get ready. And in his hurry, he cut himself while he was shaving. And uh, then he finally got it. That stopped and, and got ready to get dressed. And noticed his shirt was horribly wrinkled. Had to be ironed. So he had that done. And uh, then he tore out the door and uh, got to his car and realized one well, of the tires were flat. So, disgusted and by this time thoroughly distraught, uh, the minister finally got underway and uh, he backed out of the driveway in a major hurry and went tearing down the road. And uh, in his race across town, he failed to notice a stop sign. And so he proceeded to sail right through that stop sign. And as luck would have it, Policeman was right there. The next thing you heard was a scream of a siren uh, as a police officer pulled him over. And so he jumped out of his car. The pastor jumped out and and very agitated, very angrily, very sharply, said, Well, go ahead. Give me a ticket. It's been a horrible day already, all of it. And so the police officer just walked up to him and very quietly said, I used to have days like that until I became a Christian. <laughs> so after the police officer's rebuke, he, he realized he needed to apologize and repent and pray for God to get his, um, his attitude straightened out for the rest of the day. And I'm not sure that I agree with the police officer. I mean, I'm a Christian, and I still have bad days, don't you? But listen, even if you don't have a day like that, and even on our best days, we are still weak when it comes to prayer. And we need the Holy Spirit to empower us and to enable us. Uh, We tend, as I said before, to be uh, concerned about the quantity and the quality of our prayer times. And uh, sometimes we feel that we don't pray enough. And because of that, we think that God has it against us and he's upset with us and may not answer prayer. So, so that bothers us. And then we think, well, I, I can't pray. I, I don't know how to pray. And we listen to people sometimes who pray these beautifully worded prayers. And we think, boy, if I could just pray like that. But can I just tell you today that God is far less impressed with perfect prayers than we are. God wants to know what comes out of your heart. And so there are situations that we struggle to know know how and what to pray for. And if we don't know what to pray for or how to pray, then what we end up doing is just foregoing our prayer life altogether. We don't pray because we don't know how or what to pray for. So that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. But if I were just to assure you today that there are many situations in which you can't know how to pray as you should. There are situations that we can't pray for like we should because we can't foresee the future. You don't know what's going to happen in 2021. Obviously, we don't know. Are there going to be resurgence of the infection from the virus? We have no clue. We don't know what tomorrow's going to happen. happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to take place the next hour from us. And so it's difficult for us to have confidence in going to prayer because we don't know what the future holds. And so we don't know how to pray. And so James just reminds us and advises us, uh, come now, he says, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a, a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? It's a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So we don't know the future. And so it's difficult for us to pray with confidence because we're not sure that we're praying the right way. And furthermore, We can't pray as we should because we don't really even know what's good for us. We think we know what's good for ourselves, but we don't really know if situations or circumstances in our life are as good for us. And so maybe you're thinking about taking this new job that's been offered, and um you're weighing that decision. And, and you don't really know how to pray because you're not sure which, is, which what's good for me. You know, I'm, I'm working for a new company. Well, I like this company. I, I got all these co-workers that are new co-workers. Am I going to enjoy working with them? This new city I've got to move to? It's cold there. You know, is this best for me? And based on that last criteria you learn, I'd say no, but... Uh, <laughs> Or maybe you have it in your head to to open and and run your own business. And there's not necessarily anything wrong. In fact, there's not anything wrong with that. But then you think, is that good for me? Because I know that opening a business is going to require a lot of hours invested. And so is that going to be good for my family? Is that going to be good for for what really matters in my life? And then we, we meet this person. And we think, I could date that person. And eventually we oh, go, I could marry this person. And yet we wonder, is that good for me? Is that right for me? And we don't really know. And so we might pray, yes, God, send that person into my life. And you might end up hoping that God didn't answer that, that prayer. Scripture says the children of Israel made that mistake one time. They, they complained about the miracle food that God gave them on a daily basis Man, if we just had some meat. And so God sent the meat. The scripture says he answered their prayer but sent leanness to their soul. And so sometimes we pray that if God were to answer, then it probably wouldn't work out best for us. But what I'm saying is that when we go to prayer, we are weak because we are human. We're weak in our prayers because we're human. Theologian Martin uh, Lloyd-Jones said, we all know what it is to feel deadness in prayer, difficulty in prayer, to be tongue-tied with nothing to say and having to force ourselves to try. That's what we call praying in the flesh, the own energy. It's exhausting. It is discouraging because it is relying on human effort to accomplish a task that is supernatural. In our own effort, our own energy, we can't pray as we should. That's why we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And thank God, He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. And I hope that I can convey to you uh, this morning the tremendous difference that the Spirit makes in our praying. What is tiring and frustrating and fruitless from the standpoint of, of the human point of view becomes almost effortless effort when we rely on and rest in the power and the person of the Holy Spirit who, by the way, the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of prayer, or the spirit of supplication. And so we rely upon him. And it's especially fulfilling and rewarding when we see that God answers our prayers. But what a difference, a difference the spirit makes when he helps us with our praying. And I think of the difference of the, that the spirit makes kind of like this. Four years ago, today, I was in eastern Kentucky on day... 23 of 126 days, 5,000 mile bicycle trip across America and down the Oregon, California coast. Well, I chose to leave the Atlantic and head westward to the Pacific on the original Trans America route because I planned to connect up with Linda in Anaheim for our denomination's general council. Now, the big deal about riding east to west was the relentless headwinds that I battled pretty much the entire way across the country. Now, in the beginning, before I started, I was dreading the Appalachian Mountains. And I was dreading the Rocky Mountains because the route actually from Pueblo, Colorado, goes up to uh, Missoula, Montana, right through the middle of the Rockies. And so I was dreading all those climbs. But I very quickly learned that I would much rather climb a mountain than face the horrible headwinds. Because when you're climbing a mountain, the wonderful thing about that is it blocks the wind. Then you think as you get close to the top, oh man, near the summit, the payoff for all this work is I get to go down the other side. But the issue is when you get to the summit, then all of a sudden the wind smacks you in the face, and then you should be coasting, but you have to pedal downhill because the wind's blowing so hard. Well, when I started, I was already thinking about how nice it would be when I got to the flat states. Kansas, Eastern Colorado, the high plains in Wyoming. I'm thinking, flat roads, man, awesome. But the only difficulty is there's no mountains in flat country, and there's really nothing to stop the wind. Now, the farmers out there did tell us that uh, the one thing, the only thing they have out there to stop the wind is barbed wire. (laughs) And that's true. There's not even trees in, in western Kansas. And so I started out battling the winds on one particular day. Tom and I, Tom was my brother-in-law, he was with me at that time, Uh, we were riding on this highway, it's a two-lane road, insufficient shoulder, Um, the winds were absolutely horrendous, I mean, awful, uh, coming out of the southwest, and uh, speed limit was 65 on that little stretch of road, and there was heavy traffic. And so we're, we're riding along and the wind was like 35, 45 miles an hour then with gusts, higher gusts. And we literally could not keep our bicycles on the road. Uh, try as we might, we, we, we would, a gust would come, it would blow us over in the ditch and uh, we'd fight back. And then sometimes we're fighting against the wind and all of a sudden the 18 wheeler would zoom by and it would like suck you over in toward the traffic. And so we battled that. And and we thought, okay, we we can't ride. Let's get off and push. We could not even push the bikes. We could not aim it straight to push it down the road. And so we said, okay, what are we going to do? And so we had 19 miles of that. We battled that wind on that road. And so we thought, it's not safe. we got to stop. And so our thought was, let's just um, hitch a ride on the pick up truck, throw our stuff in the back. And uh, so we stuck our thumbs out. Shortly afterward, this police car rolled up, (laughs) activated his lights, (laughs) rolled his window down, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is one of those no hitchhiking states. (laughs) So I said, go ahead! Give me a ticket! Everything else has gone wrong. (laughs) Not really, but... The kind officer asked us if we needed help. And so we explained the situation to him. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, I'm not doing anything right now, so uh, I'll escort you. We have four miles yet to go. I'll escort you. So you get over in the lane, take all the lane you want, and I'll follow you, and uh, we'll, we'll get you there. And so here we are in front of this police car, his lights going That's probably the slowest he's ever moved. (laughs) The light's going. Barely maintaining forward motion. And uh, so he directed traffic around us and he would flash his lights on to slow oncoming traffic. And we eventually made it to our turnoff, different wind direction. And so for three months, struggled with headwinds until finally you reach the Pacific in Florence, Oregon, and then turn south. And the neat thing about going south out there is the wind almost always is out of the north. And so now we have this strong prevailing tailwind that just pushes us along. And even though there's probably more elevation change along the Oregon, Northern California coast, it was a breeze, literally a breeze. Just the wind blowing me along. And it became a joy to ride the bike. Now I believe that is the difference the Spirit makes in our praying. We pray sometimes and it's just hard. We don't know how to pray. It's exhausting. We're fighting against what seems to be like a wind. But then all of a sudden the Spirit Begins to pray for us and through us, the intercedes. And all of a sudden, this wind of the Spirit just blows us along in our prayer life. And so the next day, we can't wait to get on the bike again. Or the next day, we can't wait to pray again because the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What a difference the Spirit makes when He prays for us and through us. Well, how does the Spirit empower us? Well, you need prayer partners, at least a couple of them. Uh, Someone that you know you can trust, someone that that has your interest at heart. Um, They're the ones that you can know that if you go to prayer, they're going to pray with you and for you. And so you might be wondering, okay, how do I choose perfect prayer partners? Well, you don't. You don't. Because God's already done that. God's chosen them for you. The first one is the Holy Spirit. The second one is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's okay to add other prayer partners, but I'm just thankful for those two in particular. And so look at what Paul says again. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, when you use that word saints, it's not super Christians. It's not those who are canonized by a church. And it's most definitely not the New Orleans Saints. Because, because the Holy Spirit knew that, that Tampa Bay was supposed to win the playoff, right? So that, that was according to the will of God. Have you ever been in situations that you could only, in which you could only groan in response I have, literally. I'm not talking about after a hard workout or the softball team playing their first game last week and going home and the wives hearing them groan uh, because of sore muscles. Not not that. But it's it's a groan that expresses emotional suffering. It's maybe over confusion of, what uh, to do so so much confusion or perhaps things just quickly escalating out of control in your life and, and heading south And in this particular case I'm not going to go into detail because it's a personal family thing years ago but I remember getting in my car to head home in this situation I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to pray I did not know what to do and I just found myself just groaning. And next thing you know, it's just louder groaning. Until I got to the point that I actually wailed. I was by myself in the car, I just wailed as loudly as I could. And I don't know what to say, I didn't know how to say anything. But God eventually answered prayer. And so. If all you can do is groan, if it's those wordless groans, that's good, that's okay. A deep sigh that is just, can I, you can't express what you're, you're going through, the anguish or the desperation that you're going through. And so you just groan or you just sigh. Well actually, the Holy Spirit empowers us in that weakness. And actually the Holy Spirit helps us to groan in accordance with the will of God, evidently. Because we don't know, how to, don't know what to pray for and how to pray properly while well, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit directs that groaning according to the will of God. And so if you don't know how to pray, it's okay. Even if our heartfelt cries are not necessarily fully in line with the will of God, that's still okay. Because the holy spirit always prays according to the will of god he does a little intervention in our prayers he's our advocate he, he's on he prays on our side now god hears our original voice and he he hears the initial request but i believe god interprets or or understands those requests through the interpretation of the holy spirit i believe he prays for us in the right way. And so he takes our frail prayers and offers to God powerful prayers on our behalf. And so we read, and he, that is God, who searches hearts, that is, he knows our motives, he knows us, also knows what is the mind of the spirit. And so the Father and the spirit agree as they go to prayers. The spirit prays according to God's will. And that's why we can always quote so confidently the next verse that says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Of course it's gonna be good because now we're praying according to the will of God because the spirit is helping us to do so. Well, years ago, I was uh, called to the hospital to pray for uh, a gentleman in our church. It was not this church, but uh, I was visiting him in the hospital and he was very incoherent and I knew that he didn't have a clue that I was there. And so I recognized that he was probably dying and uh, so I just, before I left, I offered a prayer. And I said, "Lord, would you just please make your presence real to so-and-so as he walks through the valley of the shadow of death? and just give him the confidence and the faith and the trust just to, to put his life into your hands as you take him home?" And I walked out the door, and I thought I'd never see that guy again. Well three or four days later, I was sitting on his back porch talking to him. And he uh, thanked me for coming by to see him and thanked me for praying for him. Well, I didn't tell him how I'd prayed. But you see, evidently, the Holy Spirit took my weak prayer and offered accordingly something like this. Father, Don means well. (laughs) But don't listen to his prayer. (laughs) Instead, I discern that it's God's will that you raise this brother up. Your will, Father, so let him live a few years longer. Heal him today. Well, guess what? I'm okay with that. I'm more than okay with that. How many times do we offer up prayers that we don't have a clue how to pray or what we should be praying And yet the Holy Spirit takes those weak, frail prayers and he turns them into powerful prayers according to the will of God. And God answers. Amen. I'm not the only one that's happened to you, by the way. The prophet Elijah was discouraged. And uh, he was thinking, I'm the only one left in Israel that's serving you, God. Just go ahead and take my life. Let me die. Well, evidently the Holy Spirit interpreted it differently to god you know elijah's discouraged doesn't know what he should pray for so don't listen to him and don't kill him father and said i discern it's your will for him to to not die at all and so elijah never died he said let me die aren't you glad god doesn't answer all our prayers (laughs) let me die i said nah and he never died he was a guy that, that was taken up to heaven and shared of fire in a whirlwind, scripture tells us. Well, the apostle Paul prayed three times for God to remove his thorn in the flesh. But well, evidently, the Spirit interpreted it differently. Paul is really struggling with this difficulty of his thorn in the flesh, that it's, and it's bothering him greatly. But I realize that it's your will, Father, that Paul continue to deal with this issue so that he'll not grow proud because of the great revelations he's seen. So use this weakness to keep him strong. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us. The third member of the Trinity prays and pleads on our behalf. He appeals to the Father for us. Isn't that mind boggling? third person of the trinity praying for us but it gets better it's better because the lord jesus christ also prays for us and so we have the spirit interceding in our heart and we have jesus interceding in heaven and so we have two prayer partners that help us when we pray Speaking about Christ, the writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And then John says, But if anyone does sin, and who doesn't? If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so we have two perfect prayer partners interceding for us. You're not alone when you pray. When you go to God and you express what's in your heart, even if you don't know how or what to pray for, you are enlisting and engaging the Holy Spirit in your praying. Just offer what's in your heart. You don't have to know how to pray perfectly. Just take what's in your heart and express it to God. And if it's weak, if it's frail then what, what's happening is the Spirit comes along and joins you in your prayer. And He makes that weak prayer powerful according to the will of God. And He hears. So I challenge you this week. If you have just refused to get into prayer time because you don't know how to do it or what to pray for, I want to challenge you to get into this time of praying. And just, just pray from your heart. Express in your own words what's in your heart. And as you do so, the Spirit will empower that, and he will pray through you. Now, you may not get the answers that you were expecting, but you will get answers that are in accordance with the will of God, which is far better. Amen? Let's allow the Spirit to pray on our behalf. Would you stand with me today, please?